Just like that summer sun shining on my skin. Just like that front row kick drum kicking. There we go. There we go. Oh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome on in, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Two Beer Buzz podcast. We have a very special episode for you tonight. But before we get into all that, gentlemen, what are we drinking this evening? Uh, so I'll go first. I've got a California honey from Pizza Port Brewing Company um, out of Carlsbad. Um, hoping it's a good one tonight. Carlsbad, where's that? It's in California. I'm out west. I'm out west. I moved out of Phoenix. You went I'm, further west. I'm all the way west. All the way. Love yeah. that. Ed, what are you drinking? I am on Coors Light five of nine and when i finish up i've got a got a chalice of weller special reserve bourbon to dip into if we get there we'll see what happens that's nice a a chalice i love that word uh i am also rocking the the coors light tonight going back to the roots a little bit um before i ask our fourth and final person uh what they're drinking we have a very special guest tonight we have nashville recording country music artist and northern iowa football Ball legend justin justin adams in the house tonight justin what are you drinking excited about that one whoa you said (laughs) man i'm gonna keep it local i've got a this is a place called diskin it's a a really awesome it's actually a cider um distillery here um brewery here in nashville uh good they're friends of mine we love them they're close to our house and i'm drinking that it's a little blondie I married a brunette, so this is the only blondes I will ever have again. So, uh, good man, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. That's she awesome. Probably, probably shouldn't have said that, but she would, she, would, she, would, she, would laugh, she would laugh at it. Say it's Sorry. early, and you're already saying things you might regret. This is good. It bodes nah, well for whatever. us. <laughs> we we've actually uh, got a serious topic to talk to, mm. talk to you about. Everybody's been talking about it. It's been going on online. A lot going on. What uh, what speedo did you buy? What do we, oh, what did we purchase? Dude. <laughs> I originally did that like, kind of like as a joke, uh, no, no tan lines is like kind of one of my life's mottos. Which doesn't I wrote exist. that down when I heard that actually, I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's nice. Put it on a shirt. Um, man, then I, I Googled like, first off my Amazon history is going to be garbage. And someone that like picks up my phone is going to go, dude, uh, men, mankini, speedo, bikini, just cause then I wanted to start being funny. Dude, some of the stuff I started finding, wow, crazy. The coin, the coin purse is a special one for me. I don't really know how I'd like attach it. If you know what I'm saying, no one would. I don't know how. Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, there was one that looked like a mesh, like jersey. Yes. Uh, there was a Scottish kilt. Yep. A tuxedo, dude. At that point, I just started like having fun with it. Uh, I did actually. There, um, there. I've del- there's no pictures of evidence for this. Just, just before you try and go searching, but I did. Ha- I, I did wear a Borat bathing suit for my bachelor party. That's nice. That's and no awesome. one knew I had it. Just there, rolled right out. There can't be no evidence of that. Someone somewhere has to have evidence. <laughs> Depends how good your friends are. They'll, they'll let it leak. I'll, I'll kill them. No, I don't actually do. That. I don't even care if it gets out. To be honest with you, that's awesome. Uh, that's dude, awesome. John Mayer. John Mayer used to have this cruise he would do called Maircraft Carrier, which is brilliant. And he would do this like concert cruise. And there was a video of him running around the track with a Borat bathing suit on. I think that's I've nice. seen like I've seen pictures of that actually. That that yeah. strikes a bell. Yeah. Hey, Ed's got I, some his Ed's got some history with John Mayer. Yeah, he responded me to responded to me on twitter once and it was like the the highlight of my life until un, until we got justin adams on the podcast that was, was that's john mayor is above my computer screen like so high. <laughs> that's amazing yeah i didn't uh, i didn't go with the speedo yet there's i don't know there's one that i found that has a wolf mouth like on the crotch and on the back it's like it howling at the moon oh yeah i've seen i've seen ones like that that could be pretty I, good we'll I, I like the chest hair for the wife Mm. Oh yeah, I bought that from Michelle. She's gonna. That's a I've, must, right? I've seen. Um, I don't know if you've have heard of this company, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, one oh, yeah. of their one of their guys, Matt Best, his wife has one of those, and I've seen her rocking one of those. It's pretty hilarious, dude. I love me some Black Rifle. Um, good people. I love um, what they rep- what they do with their. They only employ veterans. 
yeah a ton back to veterans so yeah they're they're good people in my books that's yep. awesome i agreed with that so justin we we talked about this a little uh early before the show but we as two beer bud two beer buzz podcast um really try to harness these moments in life where you're feeling just this buzz that is you're both just you can't explain it, but you're also very present in it. It's that two beer buzz on an empty stomach for us. It's the the crisp, well-struck golf shot. It's the the perfect summer concert with the right song at the right time, all that. So we have to ask you, what is your idea of a two beer buzz as we've described it? What's that moment for you where life's just pure? And everything just clicks. Man, yeah. oh, there's so many things. You can you tell know, us I, all of them if you want. <laughs> I mean, I, we could take days. You know, I love finding kind of um, slowing down and kind of find, finding more of the beauty in things. And the older I get, the more and more I start to value different things. Obviously now, if you would have asked me a year ago before our, my wife and I, um, our son was born, just turned one, um, it would be a completely different answer. But now being a father, it's any moment like, of that, like uh, he just took his first steps a couple of days ago. That's a two buzz moment. I mean, that's like just an incredible oh, yeah. moment when he says, "Dad, Dad wow. wants to hug on you." Like, there's those. That moment trumps any like. I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. A standing ovation or playing to a sold out crowd or playing just my music in general live is one of the greatest feelings ever, and I'm super blessed to do it. But when he puts his arms around my neck, says, "Dad," mm-hmm. and it's just nothing. No, I mean, dude, that's it. Take me. I, I'm, that's awesome. I that's die a happy amazing. man with that. Uh, what's uh, what's his name? His, his name is Boone. Boone. That's what a great, awesome, what a great name. That's it's amazing the 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 contradiction, right? Of like you're talking about a standing ovation, thousands of people can can do one thing for you, but then one single tiny human being can do something even more powerful. That's none of us are fathers yet, but like that's what a what a description, what a moment. Well, don't have kids. <laughs> At all? No, I'm kidding. What a plot twist. <laughs> uh, no, dude, it is like anything that you thought hard before, throw it out. I mean, it's it is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but the greatest thing you'll ever do. And I know oh, that's that's so um that's just such cliche. a it's cliche, but dude, it's just so true. Was he uh was he born like during like COVID like quarantine stuff? Like how long ago was it? Like what was the timing relation to that? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. So we he was actually born on Valentine's Day. Okay. Well, a little uh, love baby. So he was born, dude, it's so, it's so funny. We had, so that was pre kind of during COVID, but pre shutdown. Mm-hmm. And he was born. And I remember I had a cousin that flew into town. All right. There we go. I got it out. And she, <laughs> uh, she and her fiance wanted to come visit in the hospital. We were like, ah, I don't know. You were just on a plane and the flu's really bad right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The flu. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So we were kind of like, and like, dude, babies cannot handle viruses like at all. Like that's just, that's your one thing. You protect that baby at all costs. And we were like, yeah, no, like you just got off a plane flu season. <laughs> Fast forward two weeks later, <laughs> uh, one of the d- uh, deadliest tornadoes in Tennessee and around Nashville happened. That's right. Fast forward another two weeks, everything shuts down. So he was a quarantine baby. Um, we're, we're thankful our daycare hasn't shut down. So he's been able to get around other kids and teachers and things like that. But yeah, he's pretty much been, I mean, the world he knows is a mask, which is crazy. Wow. Was that to pull, pull it down all the time too. I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> was that almost like, I don't know what your wife does, but it was that almost like forced at home parenting for the two of you in some ways? Like were you guys just home all the time with them? Yeah. So my wife, um, she ended up, they closed their office down. They're still closed. And that's, this is the first year in 16 years that I had not gone on the road to perform a show. Wow. 16 years. Wow. Yes. But that being said, I have not missed a single day with Boone. And when I talk about two, two buzz, two beer two buzz, beer moments, buzz. Yeah. you know, it's like, I'll look back and go, man, I had a whole year with his or whole first year with him and maybe even second year i don't know when when all this is gonna <laughs> you know but like i wasn't burning down honky tonks all over the country i was able to be home with him so i'm thankful for that but man i'll tell you what i'm ready to get back to work and see see you boys on the road <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what's what's that looking like now is uh is nashville like kind of fully opening back up or are you get, getting on the road again soon what what's happening you there? know it's kind of different it's hard um 
to stay consistent because not only is it it's a federal regulation, it's a state regulation, it's a county regulation. So, like like let's just say Nashville. Nashville is very because um, it's a large. It's like Detroit or any other big city. It's very metropolitan area, so it's very dense. So the numbers are pretty high. So nothing in that. Everything in Nashville is pretty shut down. You go to the next county over, and it's open. But having a booking agent try to navigate that and it changes every day. It's just impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Texas has been doing some stuff. Everything's pretty limited. Um, but dude, I, there's not really a light at the end of the tunnel and it's kind of, it kind of sucks, man. It's, it's been a weird. And again, like we, we kind of were talking about, I, I'm trying to be a little more um, uh, kind of the way, what, what, what kind of, what kind of window do I want to view this thing through? I could view it through a pissed off, angry, like oh, cuss the man, damn it. Like, why are we doing this? Or just view it through. Okay. Well, you have time at home with your son and you're also able to write and get in the studio and create and do these new things. Um, so just kind of learning a little more with positive perception about it, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, the beauty of it is that you've got guys like you that are doing this to keep everybody engaged. And I, I'm super thankful to get to hang out with you guys. And Thank talk. you. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, it's uh, it'll get back to normal. And I think it'll be like one of those, uh, like the roaring twenties, everyone just went hard. Oh yeah. Just, just partying like crazy, like, Oh, cool. Prohibition's done. And now we're not in like a depression and there's not a dust bowl. Awesome. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be a 10 beer buzz by the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great outlook. Well, it, it, it appears from an outside perspective that you've been somewhat busy musically in the year 2020. We've seen, you've got three singles out uh, just this year, at least on Spotify that, that we've been listening to a lot. Well, so what, uh, what else like, have you been writing a lot, recording a lot? What is your like career wise, what we know family wise, but career wise, like what have you been doing musically for the last 12 months now? You know what, man, it, it's, um, I'll kind of look back and obviously this is a very real dangerous kind of thing. And it's sad. People have lost family members, parents, grandparents. Um, but again, like we're talking about just kind of trying to find the positive in it. Um, COVID will get, be the best thing that's ever happened to me for two reasons. One, like I said, staying home with my son. And two, um, obviously I can't count because I'm holding three right now. Let's go two. <laughs> um, two, I have um, spent more time in the creative process, fully uh, engaged and intentional mm. than I ever have been. You know, I, I, I kind of put it in the perfect example of why do the why do racehorses have blinders on? So they don't see anybody else around them run your race, not somebody else's. And that's given me full on, like kind of this isolated self-discovery gut check moment to go, okay, I've written more songs by myself than I ever have, which has been great. Mm -hmm. um, and I've kind of just gotten back to this kind of my roots almost, I'll say, like, I just kind of got to this point in my career was like, man, if, I want to start doing stuff that I love that is fun and kind of be unapologetic about it. I'm talking like burning ass honky tonk country music, man. And it's what I grew up on. It's what I've always loved. So I kind of went back to my roots and, and having all of this kind of shutting the noise out in this in creating this vacuum that we've all been in. Um, I, I chose to take that and say, okay, I've got a choice. Um, shut the noise out quiet everything down and just focus and focus yeah. on what you love and what you do. And it kind of took me from going here, 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 and it just went, just dialed it in and like laser yeah, focus. focus. And man, I've awesome. written, that's awesome. I've, I've written the best songs I've ever written. I, I've done the best music I've ever done. Um, we actually just set the date today. We're going back in the studio at the end of March to cut a new project. Um, Heck yeah. That's awesome. And man, it's just, it's been fun. It's been frustratingly fun and it's been, um, <laughs> It's been this like, like basically I'm just writing shit that I would want to hear. And, you know, you kind of, you get into a, a kind of a system in Nashville um, and you kind of, a lot of times can be a hamster on a wheel, just playing the game, trying to figure it out. And you got a lot of noise coming in and out and it's easy to get pushed and pulled in different directions and lose focus of what you are. Shut all that out, re kind of gain focus. And that's kind of what I did. So yeah, long story short, man, it's, it's been a, it's been awesome. So we're going to go back in the studio in March, uh, at the end of this month and, um, do a new project. We may do three songs, maybe four, maybe tens. We don't really know. We're kind of going to let the, let the songs kind of direct us, but, um, yeah, I'm now, excited for you guys to hear it. 
we absolutely cannot wait to hear it. Are those yeah, going to stoked for that? What, what, I mean, you've released a lot of singles. Are those typically going to be singles then? Three, four, five, ten singles? Or if it gets to a certain amount, it's like, hey, let's put this together and, and make it something. You know, it's um, it's kind of just, it depends on a lot of things. Um, I think we'll start with a single or two. If it turns into an EP, great. Um, if it turns into a record, it's just the consumption right now is is crazy, crazy, crazy. And if I can... Mm if I'm able to kind of pepper in different things here and there and kind of build a story on each one um, to keep you guys engaged, because it's, it's hard right now to keep, keep a lot of listeners engaged because there's mm. so much stuff out there and everything moves so quick. Um, so, so yeah, we'll definitely start with a single or two, maybe three, um, maybe do an EP, maybe do a record. We don't know yet. Kind of That's on awesome. that, like the, uh, like, so I, I kind of DM'd you about this when we were talking and stuff, but when you put out the uh, self-titled EP, like in 2013, I don't know how I found it, but I remember finding it and loving it. And like, uh, for me, like that was right around the time I like got heavily into country music. Yeah. And so I remember adding, uh, miss me whiskey, shut up and kiss me. And, um, uh, can't forget about you to my playlist. And like, I, those songs were on repeat for me for a while. Like I loved them. That was, that was, was that fully independent that album you put out or was that through a record label or how did that one come yeah, out? Yeah. So everything has been pretty independent. Um, that was man that was 2013 you know what's funny is this new record that's the first project i put in nashville i've been in nashville 10 years that's the first project i put out since being in nashville that was three years after i've been in nashville 2013 kind of went through the system did the things um circle back this next record will sound a lot like that record it's, That's I mean, awesome. we're going, we're going back to fiddle and pedal steel and country. Let's like go, just, yeah. man. It's just like, I noticed that on that, a couple of those songs. I was like, Ooh, that's yeah. yeah like old nineties. Oh, oh, I loved it. Dial that back even farther. And that's where it's going. And man, it's just, it's freaking fun. I kind of, I kind of, I don't know, maybe having a kid did this, you kind of <laughs> start going, okay, now I need to provide for a family. Like, it's not just me and my wife anymore. I, I've got, a, I've got a son. We've got, and then I kind of just started looking long-term. I'm like, man, what is my next five, 10, 15, 20 years want to look like? I just want to have fun. I want something I can hang my hat on. And um, the kind of music that we've been doing is fun. It's just like these old cowboy honky-tonk neon things. And, um, but yeah, Miss Me Whiskey and that Can't Forget to Be, that was completely independent. Um, I remember, man, that was, a nut, that, was a, that was a perfect example of grassroots. Mm. I did not do that myself as far as getting that up. I mean, that went number four in the country in iTunes. I did that. I built, or we built like a marketing PR campaign behind that to get the fans involved. Say like, dude, this is much yours as it is mine. Like, yeah, let's do this together. And just, I mean, I'm talking word of mouth. It went crazy. Well, it was um, crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, and it's, I can only hold, I, I mean, I recorded it and, and co-wrote the songs, but man, you guys did the rest and you took that thing to a completely different place. And I, that, that was awesome to, to oh, just as much awesome to me to see as um, I hope it was for y'all kind of to hear. Well, in our, our deep dig of research, I went all the way back in the, uh, your Instagram profile and saw like when, when that was number four, it was behind like, you know, Taylor Swift's red, which I mean, to say that was a country album was, you know, a little <laughs> yeah. maybe, but then like, you know, one of Ed and I's favorite albums of all time, the, the Florida Georgia line debut album, here's the good times. So, I mean, it was in some great company when it was at number four too. Like it wasn't just, I, well, that's oh, yeah. exactly why, like, I mean, my thing is like what I, it's funny, even like today, like I scroll back in the playlist to like where it was. And like, I was looking at, like where your music was like in between those other artists like to me like i mean obviously like you've had success but like it blows my mind that you're not more popular than you are like i like i put your music in the same caliber as i do like all the other country artists i listen to oh thank you man i appreciate it it's a little thing we like to call politics <laughs> no, I, want, I want to bring that up later i guess <laughs> uh, I, no man it you know it, it is um it is what it is. I believe, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a believer in, in God. So I kind of just, us too. Um, it's one of those things you just kind of trust the process and things. And again, like I look at so many different things and you can always, everything's always grass is always greener. There's catch 22 everywhere, but man, I'm just, I, I love where I'm at right now is where I'm supposed to be. I love and that. I know that if I would have had something happen, you know, eight years ago, would I be in this position? Would I be doing the things I do? My career may be done. I may not be married. I may not have a son. 
chances are that's definitely not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm so thankful. I'm where I'm supposed to be. The music that I'm putting out, the music that I'm writing is, is the music. It's, it's kind of the, it's on path, um, to, to where it's supposed to be. So, so let me ask you, cause on, at this point, honestly, I have like a thousand questions, but one that's something that I'm really interested in because Ed talked about how some of your music was his earliest introduction to country music. You talked about getting back to your roots a little bit. I want to know, cause I'm fascinated by like, I grew up on country music. What did you grow up on? Who, like, who was that first artist, country or non, that just made you love music? Who was the first man or woman who really made you love country music? Like, what is your music origin story? <laughs> you know, I think we're all a product of our parents and kind of what they listen to. Um, parents, grandparents, whatever you choose, whoever raises you or wherever you're at. Um, and I grew up, so growing up in Oklahoma, like, and riding in the truck with my dad, my dad always had country music on. So it was always what was on the radio. You know, it was, I remember George Strait, to your point, was the first one pops out. I can remember holding a VHS cassette tape of a George Strait. His name was written in hot pink on this VHS and watching this with my dad, I don't know how many times, um, of a live concert. I remember that. And, you know, obviously, I mean, you look at Oklahoma and the history there, it's, it's Garth Brooks, it's Reba, Vince Gill, Joe Diffie, uh, one, the Dunn of Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> yeah. um, Ronnie. Ronnie Dunn. Ronnie. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to forget. I mean, so many, obviously now you got Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton and guys like that, but so, you know, country, it was what on the radio when I was growing up, it was Brooks and Dunn. It was Tim McGraw. It was Garth Brooks, George Strait, Vince Gill, Reba, Faith Hill, like all these amazing. And I mean, dude, and I'm not talking, I'm not even touching the tip on bands, Shenandoah, Little Texas, uh, uh, just kind of losing my shit here real quick, but um, <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. Like Ricochet, another Oklahoma band, but if I wasn't in my dad's truck, I was in my mom's car. What my mom had on was top 40 pop, <laughs> not uh, adult pop. You know what I mean? So man, it, it's, I am a freak when it comes to music. Like I don't like, I don't listen. I don't wake up every day and go, Oh man. All right. Don Williams, you're up. I mean, I may, <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite artists, but if I, 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 I follow my, whatever like my kind of body and my mind and my heart and my soul need to feel and need to hear, I'm going to listen to it. So if my head, if, if, if insides tell me like, dude, throw that Kings of Leon record on and go nuts. Listen to Skrillex while you're working out. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I don't know. You want to go vocal. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go a little, um, uh, Lou Grant, uh, you know, foreigner or queen or Roy Orbison. Like I, I've, one thing that's always stayed consistent with me, I've always been attracted to great singers. Hmm. But, you know, Frank Sinatra, Ray Charles, um, Etta James, uh, Celine. I mean, dude, it's, like I said, I'm so ADD when it comes to music. Um, but yeah, it's it's everywhere, man. But I think to the core, like if you got to the bottom of what like I love and will always love, it's always going to be country music. It's always going to be blues and it's always going to be soul. Like that's what I've, I love. I could listen to fifties records all day long. Motown, give me it. Mm. Um, yeah. You're pandering a little bit to, to the Detroiter. I'm uh, telling I, you, man. <laughs> I got a question for you. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, you look at your Instagram, look at most of the photos online, you're wearing a cowboy hat. You just brought up George Strait. We were kind of throwing around some names at the beginning is it is it Kenny Chesney? Is it Tim McGraw? And we said, hey, he's got the George Strait cowboy hat. It's the same hat. Oh I mean, man, is that where you get it from? Hey, I love the way George Strait looks. I want to look like him, or is it something a little bit different? So I grew up um, in a uh, in a rodeo family kind of background. My great uncle Jack was a world champion roper. Uh, my dad wore, wears a cowboy hat. My uncles wear cowboy hats, and I'm very when it comes to cowboy hats. I'm not a crazy brim bent little thing. This is actually um, my wonderful friends at Stetson have been so good to me over the years That's awesome. to, to, to do my hats, but I've got a George Strait hat in there. I'm not above it. I used to have a Garth <laughs> Brooks hat. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Cause like, that's a good point. Like Chesney's got his hat. McGraw's got his hat. Toby Keith's oh. got his hat. Yeah. 
I've got their own style. Al Dean's got kind of his hat. Like, uh, yeah. 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 So I've always been the just, I like a basic cowboy hat, something you can ride in, something you can rope in, something you can wear all the time, something I can wear on stage. I'm not are, in it doing crazy shit, but. Are you like <laughs> a cow, cowboy boots every day kind of guy too? Oh, yeah. I remember um, as a kid, my dad would bring our jeans home. Actually, funny story. My dad, my dad always tells me, he was like, man, when you were, this is how my dad talks. He's a dork, but <laughs> he goes, you know, man, uh, you know, when you were born, we didn't have a name for you yet. So I looked down at my boots and I was wearing Justin. So we named you Justin. And I was like, you're, oh, really? you're named after Justin Cowboy Boots? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, it's a joke. But I always go, oh, cool. When your parents, when your parents, when you were born and your parents didn't have a name for you, they go to the bathroom and wipe their ass and name you Scott because of the toilet paper they were using. <laughs> Uh, oh. No, it's just a joke, but it's funny yeah. because I, I remember I have an older brother, and it was my brother got the boots and the jeans, and he outgrew it. I got the boots and the jeans, so it was always this like hand me down thing. Um, yeah. My dad would bring home our Wranglers from the freaking, um, I mean, I'm talking old, high hipped, high waisted cowboy cuts, starched down the middle, creased. You had to put your arm through it <laughs> to break them open. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm a cowboy boots. I'm a cowboy boots and Wrangler guy every day. I've been for, you know, my whole life. So, so question, like, this is kind of for personal reasons too, but so what I'm trying to find is a cowboy boot that is like slim through the thigh and like opens up enough around the leg without like the, like, end, like top ends of the boots, like coming out. Like I see country, like artists wearing it all the time where it looks like they're wearing cowboy boots with like kind of like slim jeans, but you can't see like the, like the ends of the boots coming out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, a boy's got thin calves, so he wants a little yeah. something that form fits his calves a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to probably throw this out there. They're probably not actually cowboy boots. They're half zips. Oh. And those we make fun of. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show you. So a secret of mine, this is what I do, because my jeans are like painted on tight. I get them tight. I, I mean, dude, that's how I grew up. Yeah. Tight as shit. I get them tailored to fit even tighter. Um, <laughs> take your, when you put, when you put a cowboy boot on, if you take your hand and go in and bend the corner around, throw a rubber band on it. Oh my oh, God. Game changer. So basically you'll bend, you'll, because it's soft leather. Yeah. You know what I mean, unless you're using like a roper, which is like a thicker lever, but most. No, I wear how, how and, Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm talking, or yeah. Bolt, fold that panel down and bend it over and either throw tape or a rubber band. You're good to go. There we go. That's wow. that's genius. Also, I have a bag of rubber bands in my closet. <laughs> for that. Is it, okay, so does anyone ever give you shit for wearing jeans like that? Because Luke Bryan for a while got all kinds of heat for wearing those skin tight type jeans. No one really <laughs> gives me shit. I'm, I'm almost 6'5". I'm a pretty big guy. <laughs> there we go. So it's it's you know i'm kidding dude i mean i actually am not kidding i am that tall but six foot five um, ten inches yeah you know what yeah everyone um this shit you know what's funny is all my buddies give me shit about it they'll come up and try to grab like i'm like I'm not gonna get any, they're not gonna get any fabric on that dude not gonna get any fabric um that's great you know what's funny is my wife will sometimes go well those are incredibly tight <laughs> so turn around turn around let me see it Okay, you're good. <laughs> you got to model them for her. I like that. You mentioned your, uh, you grew up in kind of like a rodeo cowboy family, right? Is, did I hear that right? Yeah. So, because you have an, uh, a song on your on your EP, The Cowboy's Gonna Ride, which has a little bit of a rodeo theme to it and stuff like that. And so I'm wondering, because when I heard that, I hear a lot of artists like, you know, Garth Brooks has his famous song about the rodeo and things like that. I was wondering if, like, if that song and other ones are a if all of the songs that you've put out on like spotify and stuff like that did you write them all the ones you've sang did you write and two if you did like what's the writing process and experience like is it all personal stuff or are you kind of just grabbing things and kind of creating a song like i'm fascinated by the writing process yeah it's um it changes every day it's a very very um kind of intimate process. So I'll run through the project. That project, yes, all five of those songs that I put out, I had co-written with people. The next thing I did, which was Horizon, mm -hmm. um, I wrote four of them and the other four I did not write. Those were other songwriters in Nashville. Out, they call them outside cuts. Okay. And then the latest singles I've written and then everything on the new project I've written. 
Um, you know what? It's just, it's hard to explain because it's one of those things like there is definitely a formula in a system and a model, but rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> the Beatles don't follow formula. They do to it. They do, uh, they do to a little bit. Um, the Rolling Stones, same thing. Seeger, Aerosmith, Queen. Queen even follows a little bit of a formulaic process. Now they expand and they go operatic. I mean, they go so many different uh, cinematic, all these crazy things, but there's still a system and a formula. So like you have at least a little bit of a starting block, but dude, there's no freaking rules. This is music. I mean, let's like, go. Yeah. There's, I mean, I'm very mindset of like, I don't follow the, I mean, I'll follow the law, <laughs> but like, I don't follow like, not all the time we hear. <laughs> yeah, yes, very, very true. Very, very true. Um, so like, there's this, there's this kind of, you can be boxed in or you can not be in a box at all. I choose to not be in a box. I go with where my instinct is. And dude, writer's block is 100% a real thing. Sometimes you have it. Sometimes you don't. Don't let anybody tell you that they always got it because they're full of shit. Um, and if they are, the songs may not be that great. But um, I always like to draw from inspiration in some ways, whether wherever it's coming from, wherever that's grabbing. I mean, dude, my, my mind is always in tune when it comes to stuff. So I'll be like, man, I'm just having a conversation with you guys. And one of you may say, uh, so, 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 you know, blah, 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 blah. And I go, that actually be a pretty good song idea. Well, it's funny. Right, you, right, it's funny, right, it's right, funny right, you mentioned right. that. That's a, <laughs> we, so, not to cut you off, but. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we love the song um, Joe Bought a Bar. Oh, yeah. Right? It's what we would do if we won the lottery. Like you, you laid it out. I wrote it for guys like you. That I mean, you tithe and then you build stuff and then you buy a bar. It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We're, All the we're, we, we love the song. Um, we were thinking on the flip side, what if you won the lottery and lost all your money? And then you write like um, a, a follow-up song, Joe Bought a Beer. And you oh, like, hey, <laughs> I bought a beer for myself, or I bought a beer for like my neighbor or someone else at the bar. After I don't have anything. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. We all know the restaurant. We all know the restaurant. The bar industry is suffering right now. It could yeah. be like a slow ballad about the pandemic. Like, oh, dude, it, like I'm, Joe's bar went bankrupt, and so now all he can afford is one last beer. One last. My beer. mind just goes to let's get a beer. Let's get a beer endorsement. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's a really good idea. That would be what we call in the music business a reprise, or a prize um, coming back, circling back to another train of thought or a thing. There we go. Um, that's a great idea, man. It's crazy. Shit like that happens, like in movies, in books, in anything. My mind is always kind of tuned up, and it, and if I have to be like intentional with that listening, and I go through different waves and platforms. I mean, I go through not different kind of ups and downs, peaks and valleys through writing. I will say that like. I can walk into a room and say like, dude, I want to drink a song. I don't have a title. I don't have a melody. I don't have lyric. I don't have shit. I just want to write a drinking song. That's awesome. So on that, that. Like, like Jared Neiman's is one more drinking song. Like, do you, uh, is, is typically like, is drinking a part of your writing process normally, or you try to stay sober during it or man, you know, we don't, there's a time and a place. Uh, <laughs> usually the Nashville, we start about 10 or 11 AM. And go kind of till the song's done, uh, two or three. I, you know what's funny, man? Is I actually so I know you probably guys are. I'm a big golfer, but That's I don't golf. I don't. We will get into that later. I don't, I don't drink when I. I don't drink when I play. Um, I Whoa, will drink when I play, on. but I don't go play golf just to drink. Sure. Okay. You know Fair what I mean? Like all, enough. Enough. I'll, I'll have a couple beers, whatever. Sure, we'll hang out. But I'm not the kind of guy that's like, you want to go get hammered on a golf course? Because I actually want to play to score well. Oh. This makes me very excited for the future golf conversation. But finish, <laughs> finish the songwriting portion of it. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it it just changes, man. Like it, it, every day is different. You can wake up and just be like, man, I had it today. I didn't have it. I can write with some of the greatest writers on the planet, and we just don't get anything. Like it just it doesn't like. I mean, perfect example. Like, I'll write 150 to 200 songs a year. Wow. And you'll record Holy maybe cow. eight of those. Wow. So, maybe five of those. Maybe ten of those. So one of those that I know you've written, uh, mostly again, because of that deep dive research on your own website, <laughs> is uh, is You're In It by Granger, which yes. we talked pre-show. is He's one which of our guys, love. too. We, we love Granger. Um, 
you know, I was, I was stoked to see him too, you know, at your concert at the intersection of Grand Rapids. We have, I happened to, Granger was also there. Um, but like, what is that moment like when someone picks up a song like that? Like what, what is that feeling like? I mean, is, is that just awesome or like, no, yeah, it's the coolest shit ever. Like it, that's only, ha- I mean, it's happened a few times for me. I've had a few other songs by independent artists. That was my first ever song recorded by a major artist. Um, definitely first single. I remember perfectly because we wrote that song, I think in February of 18 and he cut it in 19. But I pulled into the parking lot of the studio and Derek Wells, who's one of the co-producers and guitar players on it, He's he goes, done a hey, bunch of stuff, right? Like Derek Wells has done a ton. I oh feel yeah, like he's a, a freaking, yeah. he's a stud. He's, yeah. he's incredible. But he literally, I rolled down the one. I was like, hey buddy. He goes, hey man, you want to hear your cut? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. He goes, you know, so that feeling is cool. I remember I played a show. Where was I? Maybe like Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas and I was driving to Missouri or Oklahoma. I don't know where I was going, whatever. But I had, I wanted to hear You're In It on the radio so bad. I like wanted nothing more than to hear this song, like a song I had written and I co-wrote it with uh, two friends and we'll get into the, we, I'll tell you about that story about that too. Um, but man, I wanted to hear this so bad and I was flipping through every freaking country station. And you guys know when you drive back roads and like, Missouri or Illinois or Michigan. Scan, there's like scan, 40, scan. Yeah. There's like 40 country stations. Yeah. Yeah. So finally and, I heard and mo- it. And, and I, most of them don't come in that clearly. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And I lost my shit. I almost cried. Like, yeah, it was just one of those. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I was exhausted, just played a show. Um, so it was cool. It's just, it's, it's great. And especially when it goes to a guy like Granger Man. And mm-hmm. I've been so lucky to get to know him and be on the road with him a lot. And he, he lets us come open for him and he's become a, uh, he's become a friend, uh, uh, um, a buddy, man. And I can't say um, just how awesome that guy is and how incredible, just a family man and how he operates his band and his crew, just the sweetest mm. people. They've been, they've been so good to me. Um, do you know his, so. do you know his cousin Earl? Yeah. <laughs> I used to actually, before I ever met him, and I used to actually think, I was like, man, this is Earl Dibbles guy. It's like a Chris Gaines, Garth Brooks thing. Like, right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious because, because you're in it is one of my favorite songs. Um, in fact, so my, my 30 second backstory, my wife and I moved back from, you know, she was a California girl. I moved out there. I somehow convinced her to move back to the Arctic wasteland that is Michigan. Um, <laughs> but we, we were in this stage of like, we don't really know what's next. And we're kind of just figuring it out as we go. And I remember playing that song and being like, listen to this, like, I don't know what I literally, I don't know what the future holds, but all I know is that you're in it. Like I, I, that song spoke to me. So learning that you, like you wrote that was just like the coolest thing ever. Um, Cause it's one of those songs. And that's what's beautiful about country music so often is that it just hits your soul um, sometimes. And it's so relatable, but you said you had a funny story about writing that and I've got to know what it is. <laughs> um, well, kind of, not funny. A good story. Good story. <laughs> good story. Yeah. For one, I can tell you uh, all day long. I wrote that song about my wife. Um, and I had come into that with two guys, and you can look these guys up. Frank Rogers, who has produced probably 50 number ones. Wow. It's crazy. 50 number ones has written, I don't know, I think he's probably like eight or 10 number ones he's written. And a guy named Mark Nessler, who's written. Oh my gosh. Just to see you smile by Tim McGraw. You look good in my shirt by Keith Urban. I mean, Jeez. George Strait, um, just. Dirk Bentley, go down the line with songs that this guy's written. So I, we had written, it was February, wrote it, um, came in and kind of were like, yeah, we, you know, Frank and I um, and Mark, we all had ladies and kind of just wrote this about, about our girl. And um, I had, we went into the studio and generally what you do is if you write, you just kind of record it in your phone, a little work tape on a voice memo. And then later on, you'll decide like, hey, we need to go do a demo session, which is a, um, basically like we go into the studio and cut the song on a, like a recording and it sounds good. And then you send that to people, artists, A&R, pluggers, whatever, to get the song recorded. So we went into the studio and recorded this thing and um, as a demo, but you, Derek was going through songs and ended up sending the work tape on accident, the voice memo, which is terrible. Like, as the demo. 
as the de- he he sent well, he back Granger. He sent back Granger. Granger. Oh no, <laughs> that's awesome. And then it's funny because talking to Granger, he's like, I would much rather have that version because there is a thing in the song that's recorded. There's a little kind of intro. Oh, 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 I'm doing that in the voice memo on my phone, but not in the demo. <laughs> so he gets that from that and loves it. Decides to wow. put it on there um, because when I first heard it, I'm like, that doesn't sound like the demo. <laughs> what the heck? And he was like, I never heard the demo. He's like, I just got sent your acoustic version from the day you wrote it, which wow. is like, what? Wow. It sounds like shit. It's on a voice memo. It's just me and my guitar. Um, so yeah, I, I it was I, I went to Walmart to buy that CD. Just a cool <laughs> that is really awesome, cool. Man. Did you did you and Granger have any relationship before that happened, or was that like his introduction to Justin Adams too? Yeah, that was kind of his introduction too. I think we were doing a show in um it was in iowa what's it Deca- not decatur iowa des moines no it's a quad city there's a college there debbie you're a iowa guy <laughs> you spent I some mean, time I mean, out there yeah i mean i've spent time in iowa <laughs> i live there we, we I, can change it. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> cities in iowa it's not in the sioux falls sioux city area so i probably don't know no, other side da- we were playing in davenport Okay, uh, east side, on Illinois yeah, border. On the way east side. Yep. I think we were playing it. I would, dude, it doesn't matter. I, we might not even have been playing in Davenport. I think we were playing in Davenport. <laughs> Somewhere in the Quad Cities, whatever. Um, and I had, um, I think it was the first show we were doing. And here's what's crazy. I heard him sound checking with it. Like, <laughs> come to G, like, Lord, <laughs> take me. I, this, is, this is incredible. And I had... Um, went back and introduced myself, said, nice to meet you, man. It was a really quick meeting. And then I kind of went over, I said, I said, man. Um, and I was like, I was nervous, which is weird. I'm not really nervous around people, but like what I was about to tell him, Hey, I wrote you're in it. And he had, I don't think he knew that he didn't make that connection yet. Gotcha. So I was like, Hey man, I wrote, um, you're in it with Frank and, and Mark. I said, dude, thank you for cutting it. He kind of goes, you wrote that? I was like, yeah. He goes, Oh, dude, that's a freaking awesome song! And then it was like, <laughs> boys, and I was like, oh, cool, man. I heard did you he sound have, check. Was did that? he have you cut? Did he have you come out and like sing it with him? Or this is the next story. I said, dude, I heard you sound check, and you guys are gonna play it. He goes, oh, no, 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 we're not playing it. He goes, it's not released yet, so I won't play it. And I was like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, we're just working, we're just working it up so we can play it. That's um, awesome. And, to, and you know what's funny is I had. Um, so Granger did this new record and I had texted him. I said, Hey man, here's a couple new songs um, that I think you dig for the new record. And he hit me right back. He goes, Hey man, actually like I kind of write all my own stuff. Your song is the only song I've ever recorded that I didn't. Wow. Write. Wow. Whoa. I was like, One, that's amazing. Two, I guess that kind of sucks. Cause I, I, <laughs> I guess I just have to write stuff with you. But <laughs> it's, it, it's been awesome, man. He's been super cool. He's let me, um, he's let me come out and sing it with him on some encores and, and stuff so yeah pretty pretty special that's awesome is that like for right now for you it's like is uh the, the songwriting like for other people more of like a focus or like more like your own stuff right I'll, now? I'll always be an artist first that's always my focus yeah awesome if it i mean even with you're in it we were going to go in and record it and it just happened that granger wanted it so it's one of those things you gotta kind of kind of take that right before he picked it up did you know like of him like were you a fan of his like oh yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah big time yeah. Because, you know, being growing up in Oklahoma, being kind of a fan of the Texas thing, right. I'd kind of heard, heard him for a long time. So, yeah, I totally dug what he did. Wait, uh, Speaking, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, what, what's it like touring with him? Like, was that was it a blast or? Yeah. Have you got any stories from the tour? <laughs> yeah. What dirt do you I have mean, in Granger? specific <laughs> cities that you want to like, tell a story from? Dude, it's not, it's not sex, drugs, and country music. That's <laughs> You know, um, I guess I wouldn't expect that just following both of you on social media. You guys seem like pretty good, like good yeah. down to earth, normal, God fearing people. Oh, dude, if you don't catch Granger, like if you want to say hey to him after the show, you got to hurry because he's showered and in bed like that. <laughs> so I've been on, I, I've, I've told Chris as tour manager, hey man, you mind if I just say thanks to Granger again for having me out? He's like, oh no. Well, let me ask. He's in bed and Granger will come out with just shorts and no shirt. And he's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, dude, are you, it's like, it's like 10 30 like 11 like but um i will say hands down and i've opened for a ton of people 
I've been very thankful for that. And there, dude, I'm so lucky. Country music is great, man. Um, great camps, just good, solid people. Granger's band and crew, um, and Granger himself are the most selfless, giving, mm. sweet people, encouraging. Like, dude, the last run I did, so that run I did in Michigan and in Ohio, the last show I went to, that was Granger's band playing with me. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I brought a drummer. So I had my own drummer, but John Marlin and John Wazinski, his, um, one of his electric guitar players and his bass player played with me. And it was funny because Dusty, his drummer, was like kind of butthurt that I didn't um, like, uh, he was like, well, I mean, I guess he was like, well, why didn't you ask me to drum? And I was like, dude, I didn't know that you would. Like, I would totally <laughs> ask you to drum. Like, you're freaking out. Like, you're incredible. Um, so, dude, it's just, it's nice when you have like, because you spend a lot of time with each other on the road and it's, they're from Texas. I'm from Oklahoma. We have this common thread of geography that we're from. So it's just good people, man. I still keep in touch with those guys, even though we haven't been do, uh, touring and doing shows. I still talk to Granger and and his tour manager is, is I just talked to Tyler, his, his, his brother, who's his manager, just sent him a little funny Instagram thing. Um, That's awesome. Other, yeah, just just good people, really good other, people. Other Texas country, like, do you ever do anything with like, like Pat Green, like Josh Abbott band, Randy Rogers? Like, are you fans of those guys or? Oh, huge. I think I've, I've been to, I think Chris Stapleton and Randy Rogers are probably tied on like what, how many shows I've seen of one person. Oh, wow. Wow. So you, wow. Yeah. Huge Randy. I mean, dude, I saw Randy. I would see Randy in college, like in Iowa when he'd come up there. That's amazing. Um, Pat Green's awesome. We did a run of shows with Pat um, last year. Uh, what One more goodbye and kiss me in the dark are probably like two like top 20s. Dude, that's all off the matter of time record. Yeah. which Rodney Crowell produced, which is my favorite Randy Rogers record. Like that, and um, yeah, I, I'm not even gonna talk about another one. That's just incredible. So <laughs> my brother is a year older than me and he went to Oklahoma State, um, which is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I was a senior in high school and he was a freshman in college. So that Christmas and Red Dirt, I had not really been familiar a lot with Red Dirt. Um, so I had didn't know much about it, but my brother came home and Stillwater's huge red dirt. They got the tumbleweed. They got so many places to play um, all their red dirt music. So that Christmas, he brings home Cross Canadian Ragweed, Pat Green, Randy Rogers, Eli Young Band. Dude, I got an old school pick of opening for Eli Young Band back in the day. That's awesome. That is really cool. All of these Texas country guys. And I'm like, mind blown. What the hell is red dirt country? Like, you know, and I'm a yeah. huge, I love, um, I love that stuff, man. So yeah. Yeah. We got to do some shows with Pat and they were pretty cool. I was, I was pretty, pretty, those are the ones you do. It's the same thing. Like we'll go out and open for like, like a Clay Walker or a Tracy Lawrence. Mm. Like, dude, I grew up listening to your shit. So when I hear Clay Walker saying hypnotize the moon, I lose it as a fan. <laughs> like, and like, I just got to open for this dude. This is incredible. And Clay and I got, real ripped <laughs> and, I, and i love that freaking guy he's amazing um, yeah but yeah it's yeah when freaking tracy lawrence plays texas tornado or alibi or paint me a birmingham oh it's just the, those moments, paint me a yeah. birmingham oh my gosh Dude, it's, just, it's, it's just it's nostalgia so that is a that those are two but two beer buzz moments for me mm. too when you're back that. and you're just like like, can I get closer on this stage? Can I just <laughs> what, have you, uh, you've done Craig Morgan too, right? Yes. Have you, so is there like a, out of everybody you named, like who was like the guy that you like looked up to and then got to open for, and that was like a huge moment for you. Was there a guy, was there one that stands out? Um, you know, I think most of the guys that I've looked up to, um, like the biggest, you know, or like the George Strait, the Garth Brooks, um, the McGraws. Um, I got to meet McGraw, which was amazing. Like wow. one of those, again, just cool freaking moments. You're like, what is this? Um, but no, like there's never been the, like I, I look at it this way. Like if I'm opening for someone headlining, they're there for a reason and I'm here for a reason. Hmm. So I've got something to learn from them, whether it's Kane Brown or, Clay Walker or Tr Josh Turner, Craig Morgan doesn't matter. Like I'm backstage taking notes, period. Wow. They're there for a reason and I'm trying to get there. 
So like Craig Morgan, perfect example. That was one of the first big shows I ever did. We played a show in Kansas City um, and his team goes, hey, Craig wants you to come on his bus. And I, I was like, I'm going to go shit my pants real quick. Let me, let me clean up. For con- for context, like how long ago, like what year was that? Like- this was, man, this probably was, I don't know, 2012. Okay. So this is even before your like uh, self-titled EP. This is before out. all that. Yeah. Maybe 2013. All right. I don't know. I, I yeah. think a lot. So. <laughs> no, no, just wondering. But I went on this bus and just. For me, I always just want to take my hat off and say, man, thank you for your time. Like, I'm not going to take your time, but just thank you for having me. Mm. This was awesome. I always want to meet him. Um, and he, I went up and just kind of said, I said, Craig, I said, um, I said, thank you again for having me, man. I said, it's an honor to open for you. I really appreciate you having me out. I said, uh, like, this is amazing. I said, I love what you do. I'm a big fan. Thank you. And he goes, okay, we'll sit down. And I went, <laughs> like, talk more with Craig Morgan? <laughs> like, kind of did one of those, like, slide in slow like, to his seat. It's like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, but man, just as down to earth as it gets, great guy. Um, lots to learn from. You know, there's always something to pick up on. I mean, you know, and I try to try to kind of grab that as much as I can. But dude, honestly, I feel like, um, Granger has been an awesome role model. Uh, you want to talk about someone that does the right things right and leads and from the top down treats his people right, runs a mm. camp right, plays a show right, everything to his meet and greets, to his merchandise, to his stage, and he's he's he, he just he does it well. He does it. Just yep. does it right. I've heard he's got good merchandise. I mean, I wouldn't know from the hat <laughs> I'm wearing and the cooler that I'm drinking out of. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, guy, that mean, guy could never play another show again, and he'd be just. Fine. I, I would have <laughs> a, I would have a Justin Adams koozie on this beer if it, it had gotten here in time. Um, <laughs> Wait, on that's not going to be shipped. It's shipping out tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I know it's now that I know it's going to you, I'll have him throwing some hats and t-shirts, and you you pass oh, them out to all your guys. Oh, speaking my heart. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I hope I'm not repeating anything. I, for those listening audioly, I stepped out for just a second there, but one of the guys that I see you've appeared with um, is Chase Rice. And I, I only bring that up because Chase Rice is one of those guys who's very recently gotten into in the country music world, gotten into golf. And you, we, I, I have been waiting to bring up golf uh, since you brought it up because <laughs> we, we love golf. Ed and I took a trip from the Midwest to Phoenix where Deppy was just to play golf. I mean, we saw him too and it was great. Like yeah. he's fine, but we <laughs> went there to escape the cold, bitter Midwest and play some golf. Wh- when did you get into golf? How did you get into golf? What, t- tell us about golf. <laughs> do you guys go to Scottsdale? Yeah. Oh, Phoenix, you, Scottsdale. More yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Uh, dude, we some of my favorite yeah. courses. Or some of those courses in Scottsdale. Arizona those, golf, man. It's great. Gorgeous. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, man, I played golf my whole life. I started when I was five. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I've, my dad, my goal in life was always to just beat my dad. And my dad at times has been a scratch golfer. Like, so it's, it's, wow. um, I mean, dude, like he's definitely not right now, but <laughs> at, you know, at some point I always just remember hitting, hitting beautiful drawn. Oh. Like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like I want to do that. <laughs> Um, and then second, I just want to beat my brother. Now, my brother being my brother, which all brothers do, gets in my head and I want to fist fight him on the golf course. And he beats yes. me. He yes. beats me. That's why you don't want to go there drinking that much because you'll end up beating the crap out of your brother. <laughs> oh, I will throw a golf club at him. I will hit him in the back of the legs with a club, like baseball swing. He knows how to get in my under my skin and it works every time. Um, yeah, no, we grew up playing, man. Like my dad to this day will say, like, I'll talk to him on the phone. He's like, yeah, my... Uh, all the uncles came in town and we all got on the golf course. My grandpa was a golf marshal. Um, I mean, this is like when he retired, became, became a golf marshal. Yeah, I saw Chase was playing. How, uh, well, I mean, he's playing at the Troubadour, dude. Like, I was going to say. Gonna, we had to ask if you have played there yet. <laughs> no, I have not played there. That's an invite only, like super swanky. Like Justin Thomas is a member, lives yeah. there. Like, what Walker. about like, uh, I, I can shoot like, there's like a big kind of crossover with like golf and country right now with like Chase Rice, Jake Owen, Cole Swindell, Darius Rucker, Hardy, um, yeah. Tenpenny plays a bunch, right? Chris Lane. Like Cole Swindell, you, yeah. Cole Swindell, yeah. Do you uh, like, do you get out and play with any of those guys? Like, are you friends with any of those guys? Like, Oh yeah. I've been, um, I've met, you know, I'm kind of buddies with all those guys. I haven't spent much time with Cole. Um, 
Jake is a member out at one of the, the country clubs out west of here. But most of those guys, man, there's a country club in town that like all those dudes are member at. And they just rip it. John Daly owns it. Uh, I think he, oh. I think he, does he own the course with Kid Rock? Oh my gosh, what an atmosphere that must be. Detroit native Kid Rock. Let's, Let's go. I have a Kid All Rock summer long. guitar. I have a Kid Rock guitar in there. Really random. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, his son stole it. Or son sold it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, sure. Whatever you want to say. Yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah, S yeah. word you want to use, Justin. We're not going to question it. I like me some Bobby Jr. He's a good dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. There's a, we started playing a buddy of mine named Nick started this thing called the Thursday golf club and it grew like, so every Thursday we'd walk nine and we started getting sponsors by like whiskey companies and beer companies. And I'm just lucky to play it. Yeah. So, you know, you see like, Oh yeah. Like Devin Dawson will come out and play um, all all, all those Fillmore Mitchell, all those guys will kind of come out and play, but yeah, it's a good thing. Cause man, when you're, when, when those guys are rolling in a bus, they get to the venue at eight o'clock in the morning. They got the whole day. Clay Walker, huge golfer. Oh, okay. You know, um, J- Jake is a big, you know, all those guys are super, super big golfers. So it's just something kind of fun to do. And that's been a thing for a long time. All the Rascal Flats guys, George Strait. Uh-huh. I think George Strait's like a two handicap. What's up? Um, uh, what's of your course handicap? he is. What Dude, up? I got my handicap sub 10 last year. That's awesome. Two years ago, I was sitting at like a six or an eight for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm probably, but dude, I was playing like, I was going to the range like twice a week. Say then oh. you had a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I shoot, you know, I'm probably a 12 to 15 now. But like low uh, mid 80s, probably like roughly for you. Yeah, or? I always want to break 80, but yeah. right now it's low to mid 80s. If yeah. I go over 90, I'm pissed. Yeah, mm-hmm. respectable, uh, very respectable. And some days you got it. Some again, it's just like anything else. Some days you got it. Yeah. Some days you don't. But uh, dude, I love it, man. I I would play golf every single day if I could. It's you know. Um, do you uh, do you follow golf too? Like do you? Uh... Oh yeah. Dude, it's funny. I was talking to my buddy yesterday. He's a huge NASCAR fan. And I'm like, that's a world to me that I don't know. I don't understand. I respect it. And I love the shit out of it. And I think it would be a blast to go. I didn't grow up with it. So meanwhile, he can watch 500 laps of a race. I can't watch five seconds of a race, (laughs) but I can watch an entire 18 hole round of the Genesis open. Every Sunday, you'll see me right here. Yep. That's all three of us. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, you, yeah. as I say, so you must have watched Max Homa. You brought up Genesis, so you probably might watching yes. Max. Um, oh, dude, um, Morikawa. Morikawa, amazing. What an incredible! He couldn't yeah. miss. Yeah, no that one's dude. A chance. So he I. Just, yeah. Because you brought up. I'm going to connect a few dots here. So follow my path here. So you brought yeah. Jake Owen, his membership, he and Darius and uh, a couple other guys played like the four play crew. at I think Jake's country club. And then yes. um, I know the four play crew is a big fan of Morikawa. They think he's going to do big things. He like, he clutched up last weekend, like crazy. Like that dude is going to win some tournaments in his career. He's, I think he's yeah. one of two players now to before the age of 24, win a major and in a WGC. And yep. by the way, the other guy is uh, who's that? Who's that one guy? Yeah, Tiger Woods, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, he's um, Colin. He's a, is, he's a great player, man. And I actually like, I like the fact that Jordan Spieth's playing good again. I like, the yeah, Finau's playing really well. Um, you know, and it's for crazy like Finau, John Rom, like dude, Patrick Reed's playing well. Ugh. But um, well feel about that um there's a lot of guys there's a lot of guys coming in that are playing really good golf and you know i still think it's awesome that you still have rory in the top 10 it was good to see him play pretty well this last weekend he he didn't have a great sunday but his his first few days well it's funny like we were talking about like rory either has like a great sunday when he's like eight back and he gets a top 10 or he's three back and has an eh sunday when he's kind of Whatever. I just love Matt Kuchar's approach. I'm going to play in every single golf tournament on the planet, and I'm just probably going to get top ten, top twenty, and just make a lot of money. That's get like the paid. Kevin yes. the Kevin Kisner thing too, right? Like exactly. he literally said, "I get paid really good money for top twenty-five, so I'm going to yeah. show up. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a hundred grand, two hundred grand a we've, week." We've talked a lot. Uh, if you're uh, listening to this for the first time, you go back and listen to our, some of our old episodes. We talk a lot about. We had someone come on and boldly claim that Spieth was never going to win a golf tournament again right before he finished like, you know, top five, 
two weeks in a row. And then, you know, we've talked about the Finau and how he makes a top 10 basically every weekend. He's top 10, but can't win. And it's, yeah, there's a lot I, of I, golf I, out I on this. The- I have a theory behind that. Ooh. Um, why Dustin Johnson and Brooks do so well and guys like Jordan Spieth struggle. Um, Jordan is a, he's a mind player. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's so, he's, he's got so much going on. And when he first started, he was so chilled and relaxed and he just, he, he thinks and he gets stressed and it affects his tension and things like that. Brooks and Dustin, they're as cool as the breeze, man. They don't, they'll hit a bad shot. And like, did you see, I think Brooks on like 16 or 17, like flew his putt, like 10 feet, 10 feet past the hole, so bad. Three, feet, three feet wide. He just goes. Oops. Yep. He just he laughed. He was laughing. Yeah. Yeah. He three putted. He had an eagle putt, three putted, and it was like, man, whatever. <laughs> I'm sad, but dude, I'll play around and I'm like, if I have a triple bogey, I'm like number four. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. And you're like, what? What? That's not how this works. If I was done after triple bogeys, I wouldn't play. I would never play 18 holes. Like I would always end after three, four holes. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a triple bogey on a, on, Number four, that's when I dive into the cooler. All right, this yeah. round's gone to shit. I guess we're drinking for the next yeah. two and a half hours. I just yeah. at that point, just I'm going home. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> What's yeah. uh do you do you know your career best round? Uh the best round I ever shot was a 74 at Gaylord Opryland here, which is a super tough course. I just had one of those days where it was just on. That's awesome. Yeah, and I had a triple bogey that day. 74 is, with a triple? That's impressive. Yeah. Um yeah, I had a water hazard, dropped out, hit another thing. It was just like a crappy hole, but it was it was just one of those days. I just played great. What um, um what kind of irons do you play? Um I play the uh I play the Titleist CBs. CB forged? Yeah. CB forged, yeah. So it's Very not nice. quite the MB. It's not it's still a blade. I grew up playing blades. I grew up on Tommy Ar- Tommy Armor 845. Oh, so yeah. Thin. Um so I'm comfortable with a blade. And growing up on those things, that's impressive. I think it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to give you the hardest clubs you can hit. And if you get it, great. If you don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I think, I don't know if that's what I, I didn't start playing on those. I had those like in high school. Um, but yeah, all our, my dad's, I remember my dad's car, like SUV got broken into and my brother and my dad's and my clubs got stolen. Jeez. So oh. then I ended up getting some Cobra, like fat cavity backs and I hated them. Um, and then I sold those and ended up going back to a Titleist blade and I love it. Yeah. It's just comfortable. It's what I've played yeah, for a long time. It's, it's funny. It's like, I, um, I recently like bought like kind of like thicker cavity back irons. Cause I'm like, you know what? I don't play golf as often. I want something more forgiving. Yeah. But the thing is like now when I sit up in front of them and like I hit them, like I, I had way more confidence with like a thinner iron because like I played all the time. So yeah, yeah I don't you, know. I hate the, the thick cavity back. Did you guys all it. grow up playing? Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I kind of, I relate a lot to your story. I, my dad was a, a an all American in college golfer. Um, oh, wow. Like, yeah, super, super good. And I always wanted to beat him. I didn't get the chance to. He passed away when I was kind of young. But like, it, like I saw that story. Like, I was like, oh yeah, like wanting to beat you. Like that was I relate. Yeah. So from probably about five, six years old, I was out on the course almost every Sunday after church. Like, all right, church, oh, man, golf. Awesome. Like <laughs> that's the the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's a fun thing. It's I mean, you're outside. I think it's one of those golf is a funny game. Like you could have 40 shitty hits in a row and you get to like 17 and you rip an iron freaking flush perfect yes. from the hole. And you're like, I played pretty good today. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you yeah. next week. I'm yeah, back. Play, yeah. play, you'll take my money out. Selective yeah. memory is uh, an important thing to, to have. Oh yeah. 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 So, well, uh, listen, Justin, we, uh, it, it's getting, um, at least for us on the, the East coast, a, a little late. And, uh, some of us have some, some early morning meetings, but, uh, before we, we kind of wrap things up, um, is there anything that you want our, our tens of listeners to know about what's, <laughs> what's coming, what's coming soon for, for you? I mean, we, you mentioned some of the music and writing earlier, like we, what, what, what can, what can we help you promote here? <laughs> Um, man, just, you know, stay in touch on social media, Justin Adams country. will kind of get you everywhere. I'm excited for the new music. I'm excited for y'all to hear it. Um, you know, definitely I'd love to come back and chat with you guys again, man. This was awesome. You know, anytime, anytime y'all will have me. Um, but yeah, just, uh, probably we'll do something around April, May for a single release. So we'll see. That'd be great. 
We, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you have you on again. This was a great time. And we didn't even touch the legendary status of your coll- collegiate football oh, career. Time. So we, we <laughs> that's a, that's an episode in and of itself. We got to get to the, I, uh, the record that you hold at Northern Iowa, which will tease. The, I could put the helmet on. Oh, next, next time, time, next time, next time. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that helmet on and we'll, you know, we'll talk about the record Michael, that you Michael hold Jordan there. picture with all the rings. we're gonna gonna need all of that thanks so much for having me guys i appreciate what y'all do keep 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 this crushing i know it's probably tough um there's a shit ton of stuff out there but man this is (laughs) this is fun um yeah i'd love to have me back anytime it's tough but it's it's well worth it when we get you know awesome guests like you and get to talk about stuff that stuff that we love this was this whole episode was just a a a two-beer buzz all the way through so if you're if you're out there listening please follow justin on all of his social media platforms go and follow him on spotify itunes whatever wherever you get your music listen to his music you're gonna be glad that you did if you're not already there's something wrong with you um joe bought a bar Go, go bought a bar. It. It's a must. Cut, coming soon, 2021. Like, we don't want to predict, but Joe bought a beer. Bought, it's probably beer. coming. There you go. There it <laughs> so, is. It might happen. It might happen. <laughs> and, and, and while you're on the social medias, give us a follow too, if you don't mind. Two Beer Buzz on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and of course, on Apple and Spotify as well. So, Justin, thank you again so much. Uh, gentlemen, cheers. Thanks for coming. Cheers. 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 Thanks, guys. Man, talk soon. All right. Awesome. See you, Justin. Yeah.